Hey everyone, welcome back to the Envision Fishing Podcast. In this episode, we talk with FLW Tour Angler Alex Davis, also known as the Spinnerbait Kid. Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and CastBox. Enjoy the show. guys welcome back to the envision fishing podcast i'm curtis clark and i'm here with richard clark yep he's my co-host he's back for episode three we just i just did the one with sean bunton last night and it was freaking awesome uh i know you had to work last night rich but i'm super glad to have you um doing the doing the podcast today with our awesome guest um, his name is Alex Davis, for all of you guys out there listening. If you don't know who he is, you definitely should. So I'm going to go ahead and bring him on. Is there anything you want to say to the crowd, guys? I'm glad I'm here. Awesome, man. Welcome to the podcast, Alex. Um, so can you give us a little bit of info about how you started fishing? Um, I started, I think, like most people probably do. My dad started taking me fishing as a real young kid. Um, that's where I just kind of got the love for fishing. And then when I was about 10 or 12, I got into bass fishing a little bit. My dad really wasn't into bass fishing. He was more of a trout guy. Um, but my uncle was, my great uncle, my dad's uncle, was real big into bass fishing. So I just kind of got to go fishing with him a few times, and then I picked up the itch, and I've never looked back. That itch is something oh. that just, just grabs a hold of people, man. No, once once you get it, it don't stop. It don't it don't go away. It really doesn't. No, it does not. <laughs> so, so Rich was just telling me I'm in Alabama. My brother Rich, um, so you know Alex is actually in Missouri, and you mentioned trout. Rich just told me something super exciting for about trout in Missouri. Yeah, there was a 34-pound, 10-ounce brown trout caught out of Lake Panicomo. I saw that the other day. Dude, isn't that awesome? I yeah. want to be that guy. Yeah. I don't think I've even <laughs> – I, I haven't caught anything over, like, 10 pounds, period. <laughs> I take that back. I take that back. I did catch a drum out of Gunnersville last year. A drum? I think it was a drum. And it was, like, 14 pounds. And that I th- I thought I just hooked the biggest monster in Gunnersville. It just too bad it wasn't a bass. So, I saw online, Alex, that you were actually from Virginia, mm-hmm. and then moved to Colorado, and then you and your family moved to Gunnersville. Yes, we did. So that's pretty awesome. I have to ask, where in Virginia are you from? Um, it was like Middletown, Strasburg, Winchester is the big city. I got gotcha. you. We didn't live in Winchester. We live like 25 minutes from it. I got gotcha. you. I lived in um, Virginia Beach for 16 years. That's why I had to ask. I got gotcha. you. So, um, tell me some of your experiences about, you know, how you got to be in the FLW and some of that stuff. How did that actually happen? Um, well, I mean, it's always what I wanted to do, but I started out. Uh, Fishing small club tournaments, stuff like that. 
and then you know you kind of do good in club tournaments and then i i started fishing uh bfls and aba tournaments and the first one i ever fished i come in second the next weekend i came in second again so then next you know i i, I was saving up money while i was doing this so I was taking my earnings and buying more fishing stuff and then signing up for more tournaments. <laughs> and that kind of got, it, I fished um, a coast. At the time, it was an Everstart, but now they're coasters. Um, I think I come in like 27th and the first one I ever fished on Gunnersville. And then like three years later, we had another one. Or two years later, they had another one. And I ended up winning. No kidding. So that, that was, uh, I think I won like 35000 So I took nice. that money and I paid... $24,000 on my entry keys for the next year for the FLW tour. And then I took the other 11,000 and put it for stuff for my boat. So first I just took all my winnings and paid off for a whole year and a whole year of the tour and upgrades on my boat. Man, that's then, you can't awesome. beat that at all. No, you did. You basically, you spent a few hundred bucks to be in that tournament. And then you got a huge investment return. That's, that's something that don't happen to everybody. I know. No, but I mean, that, that's how I went about it is, you know, fishing small club tournaments, do good in them, take that money, put it towards a little bit bigger tournaments, do good in those, take that money, put it in bigger tournaments and do good in those. You know, I just, I mean, I think I did it the right way. Not, you know, I didn't have, um, I don't have a silver spoon or right. anything like that. I mean, my parents, they're not, I'm not going to say what well, they're not. We're not poor. We got they're you. not poor. But, <laughs> we but got not, you. We don't. We don't. I'm the, we're no trust fund people here. So, so it was kind of. <laughs> at, one, at one time, I had three jobs. I was working night shift, and then I was guiding during the day, and then I was cleaning floors before I went to a night shift job. So there for a while, I was working like sixteen hours a day, eighteen hours. A day. Yeah, Curtis. Curtis and I have been in the same position. We understand what you're saying. Oh yeah, and we we both know exactly about how we go about things and how hard we have to work just to be able to do the things we love, man. So you did say something, you did it the right way. And I, I totally agree. And I commend you for doing that. That's just awesome. So when you were going through your first, when you went to your first FLW tournament, once you paid for that first year and that first year, I have, how was the stress, man? Was it something you looked at as, Man, I'm gonna enjoy this. I don't care what happens. This is gonna be fun. Or did you go no, into and it was no, stressful? It's, it's still not fun. I mean, it's <laughs> fun, but it's still not like. I mean, obviously, there's there's money involved. I mean, I think our entry fees now have went up a thousand dollars from when I first did it. So now they're five thousand a piece. And you know, you're wow. at least you're at least spending a thousand dollars at least minimum. More like probably fifteen hundred a tournament. Between a thousand and fifteen hundred on expenses, food, gas, you know, tackle, licenses. So you're thinking you're gonna have six grand in every one of them. Wow. Uh, wow. So yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. It, it, it obviously when you get more sponsor help. Um, I believe I have some of the best sponsors in the world with not only the products but you know what they do for me. Um, I could. Oh yeah, Shimano. Yeah, Shimano being one of your big ones. Yeah, I could I couldn't be I would not be talking to you fishing the tour if it wasn't for Shimano and Jackal, um, Tackle Direct. Yeah, I mean of all the product stuff, like I think I run the best boat with Ranger and the best graphs with Hummingbird and Mercury and TH Marine. Um, best graph mounts, boat logics. I mean I I, re I feel like I have the best equipment to help me make a living. But the the end of the day, 
you still have to pay for these entry fees. So it always is in the back of your head of, you know, you can't, it, it's like nothing else. You can't go to a casino eight times a year and just say, well, I'm just going to give them $6,000. I mean, you can, but you better make a lot of money and I don't make a lot of money. So that's what we have a problem See, we live, we, Rich and I both lived in, um, in St. Louis, and we're a casino town. And we know all about going and giving casinos money. <laughs> We've done it once or twice. Maybe once or twice. We did have one good day. The both of us together, we had one good day, and that was a lot of fun. But that's one out of a thousand. So, so you mentioned. Uh, Alex, I've got, a, I've got a big question for you. Mm-hmm. You. You uh, fish a lot out at Gunnersville. Yes. Can you let Can you let Curtis know how to fish it? Because he has absolutely no idea. Him <laughs> and my dad, when when Dad was alive, all they did was complain about the grass. And I told them, "There's fish in there. They can get around the grass." Yeah, and, uh, and unfortunately, well, unfortunately, Rich is totally right. I think I figured out some stuff <laughs> over the winter. I think I figured out some how to get some of this stuff some of these techniques to work. Um, but yeah, I'm really bad on Gunnersville. It's the only lake I've ever been to that has truly given me a hard time. It has just kicked my butt. I'm just glad you admit that it gives you a hard time. Instead of being like, Oh no, no, I'm fine there. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm the guy. I would out me and me and Dad would literally get off the lake, and I would be on the way, and I'd call Rich, and I'd be like, "Rich, Gunnersville sucks." <laughs> and, and he'd laugh. He's like, "I thought you could fish anywhere. I can. Even you can't fish in Gunnersville. You ain't been here to do it, but it's gonna kick your butt too." I, 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 I did. I was told. Um, I got to meet Gerald Swindle um, for a few minutes one day. And we um, were talking about Gunnersville Lake. And he gave me some of the best advice. He goes, it is the hardest fun lake you'll ever catch. But once you can start catching there, it will change everything you view about fishing. If you can be good at Gunnersville, you can be good anywhere. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's, I tell people, it's actually a really easy lake to fish. Once you, understand you once you understand that you're not throwing at the bank, yeah, it all starts to make sense. I'm I'm a I'm from the Midwest, man. We we throw at banks and docks, or like we're we're shoreline fishermen. We we fish those shorelines. That's what we do. You don't do that at Gunnersville, apparently. No, if you're if you're a bank beater and you come to Gunnersville, you're probably going to be in for a long day and a lot of frustration. I would know a lot about that. A lot about that. So I'm not you, trying. To, I'm not trying to pick fun at you, but it, you it's okay. I, wide open for being a bank beater. Yeah, I, I totally, I am. I and I'm aware. And it's funny. The first time, one of the first times, I went out by myself on my boat, and was cruising down the lake. And I'm like, I'm passing these guys, and I'm like, dude, these guys are stupid. It's springtime. Why are they out in open water? Man, they don't know what they're doing. They ain't gonna catch no fish. I showed up to my first spot and was and fished for four hours and I hadn't caught a damn thing yet. Um, I think I was the idiot, not those guys out in open water. <laughs> it's very humbling very quickly. Oh yes. So so you mentioned jackal lures. I got to get some of those when I went to Gunnersville Tackle 
and outdoors last summer when I was down in Gunnersville. Dude, I love those things. You there? Yeah, no, they're they're oh. pretty much they make Sorry. they make a they make a T it's called a TN sixty and a TN seventy, and they're probably my uh all time favorite. It's a trap style bait, but that thing is it's pretty, pretty special to me. I'm um so because you said it, I wrote them down and I'll be getting them. So when I don't catch anything on them, I'm gonna call you. You know, and be like, how do I catch them? You're a guy, dang it. You a pro. You're supposed to be able to help me. No, I'm just messing with you, man. I but I I, I really am gonna go get some of those. I we can I not far from Guttersville, so I can always run down and grab some. Uh, so is there any what is in your in your time as a pro on the FLW tour, what are some of your biggest experiences you've had and it doesn't have to be wins but just things that are just really mean a lot to you um i get to travel with my dad so that's really really cool because like i get he gets the kind of experience what i get to experience so it's that's very very i guess you could say fun for me that's really cool you know, he gets to go through the same things that I get to go through. Um, so that makes it really, really neat for me. As far as experiences, I mean, I would say how awesome it is to travel across the United States because that's what everybody wants you to hear and wants you to say. Um, but, like, right now we're at Seminole, and I guess that hurricane last year, like, I know it was pretty bad. You know, you see it on the Weather Channel. But, like, you really don't see the extent until you're here. And it looks like a bomb has went off. No kidding. Um, oh, it's it's horrible. So, like, you know, everyone sees the glitz and glamour of the bass fishing. You don't see the bad parts. Like, we're staying – we didn't know this, but we've rented what we thought was a trailer. And there's four of us staying here, me, my dad, and two of my buddies. And it's a FEMA trailer, come to find out. No kidding. <laughs> and it's hot water heater, I think, turned on about 85 and the pressure of it is similar to like you know a very small hose that's just stuff that people don't don't realize i mean i get to experience everything with my dad that's a really really cool thing catching fish is kind of like i mean i do guide trips on gunnersville so i catch a lot more when i'm home than i do on these trips it seems like it's always for some reason we miss the we miss these, you know, great lakes. We usually miss them by a week when they're at their great times. Um, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much every time. And you know, it's funny. After I, I watch fishing videos pretty much. That's pretty much all I watch. That and maybe something on Hulu on occasion. But I hear so many guys that fish the different tours, and they're like, "Man, I was watching the." I was watching all the stuff for the lake for the um, the week before, and I just knew I was going to go down there and slam. And we got down here, and the water has changed. The water temperature has changed. The weather's changed. We missed it by a week. Oh, yeah. No, it's always you should have been here yesterday. I mean, that's storm a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because my first, my first trip ever down to Gunnersville was two and a half years ago. Uh, me and my wife took a vacation down there over Christmas, um, Christmas break time. And... We went down there for four days, and it was it was nice compared to Missouri weather. 
because I mean, in December and in Missouri, you're talking it's like zero to twenty degrees, and we were in fifty five, sixty degrees. So I was out on a boat, dang near in shorts, in December. But I would, they were like, oh, yeah, you missed the good time. It, was, it ended about last week, the week before. We were just slaying them everywhere on the lake. And I, went, I spent probably four hours on that lake on a boat and then probably another eight hours on, just on the banks and didn't catch a dang thing in that trip. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, from the get-go, Gunnersville has kicked my butt. But one of these days, I'm going, I'm, it's going to hit me. And I'm oh, going, you'll hit it. So, so- so what is a good way to fish Gunnersville? Um, you it, it's very very easy. You fish like you'd fish anywhere else, points and pockets. But you look for the points and pockets in the grass, not on the bank. It's the same thing as you was fishing the bank, except you're just off of it. You're fishing little like you know points and pockets, just like you'd fish normally anywhere else, except for now you're just off the bank. Huh. Okay. So that's that goes. Is that is that like you? Are you talking within like fifty yards, or are you talking? I mean, some, sometimes you're fifty yards. Sometimes you're two hundred yards. Sometimes you're okay. Like you're in the middle of the lake, but it's 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 all the same. I mean, that's that's the cool thing about it. It's you just fish like like you were fishing the bank, huh? But you're just okay. way off the bank. So I, I now is there anywhere in the lake that there's no grass? Uh, this year we had a pretty bad year for it. It looks like a lot of the floods and stuff took care of a lot of the grass, but I mean it'll grow back. But um, no, pretty much on Gunnersville, if you're if you're shallower than seven foot, there's going to be grass. And okay. as a as a as you called it, Alex, a bank beater. Uh, I do a lot of seven, <laughs> seven feet and shallower. So I one of the articles I read said that. Because of the flooding, the bank that I would be normally used to fishing is now way off the bank because they flooded that whole area with the dams and everything. So yeah, the water's come back already. It it, it got up pretty high, but it's already back to normal full pool like where they have it in the summer. So it doesn't really fluctuate much. It will just for a couple of days if we have that much influx of water. But it's already like I said, it's already back to normal. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So, um, what you say, where did you guys say you guys are down at Lake Seminole right now? Yeah, I'm fixed. I was actually just starting to work on the rods and then, uh, I forgot about this. So I'm glad <laughs> I actually had my phone on me because I was fixing to plug the phone up so I could go work on my fishing stuff. Um, so <laughs> I'm really glad that I caught you before you plugged it in. You get you hit me like literally another minute, and this this wouldn't have happened because I'd have my phone charging because I fell asleep watching uh, YouTube bass fishing videos last night on my phone. So that's what I woke. I, I fell asleep <laughs> like that, so it pretty much drained all my batteries. I hear you. I hear you. I I actually plugged my phone in last night, and I normally will I keep my iPad plugged in overnight and then plug my phone in during the day. And I was like, oh crap, I gotta keep the, I gotta make sure I have battery for tomorrow morning. So it's the one time in like a week that I've actually charged my phone overnight. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so Shimano, can, can we talk a little bit about Shimano? Cause Absolutely. I have kind of a love, a love hate relationship with them. I love all of their stuff until, until I hear everybody else talking about how they're the greatest things in the world. I, and it just, there's something about some of these guys 
out there and it's not the pros it's not and i've used i have two shimano reels two three michelle i have two or three shimano reels and i really like them they're not newer so some of these guys they're like oh if you don't have this shimano reel you're just you don't know what you're talking about so i want to ask you you do this for a living you use shimano reels what and now i'm not talking about the 400 ones you know what is what would you think are is a good, you know, mid level to ent- entry level to mid level Shimano reel for these guys that want to that don't have that three and four hundred dollars to go out there and spend on a reel? Um, they have a new one. It's called a SLX. It's like uh, they they you know they debuted it in the iCast last year. Um, it's in the hundred. I want to say it's in the hundred to one hundred and twenty. I don't know the exact cost on it, but it is about as good as a reel. If five years ago, this reel in my eyes would have been like a $250 reel. And now it's a hundred, 120 right in there. Um, okay. They keep improving to me. They're, they're making better products for cheaper price than I've ever seen. So like things that I think should be, no x is not x anymore now they're actually cheaper and to me i'm kind of like at this point like how do you keep doing this how do you keep making better and better stuff and make it cheaper and cheaper on the wallet i don't one of these times you know that's usually not how the business market works usually you usually you pay more get less but shimano's really they're they're you're paying less getting more so that's something for them yeah it really does so these shimano reels i mean two of the shimano reels that i have was um, some that my dad had when he was tournament fishing. Oh, God. How long ago was dad tournament fishing? Like 20 years ago? Yeah, at least. And, if not, uh, yeah. It, yeah. 30 years ago. Uh, yeah, 20, 30 years ago. And two of them, I still use them. They're still awesome. Their quality just holds up. It really does, and I, I really do like them, but it's good to hear that the Shimano, because, I mean, anybody can look back historically and see that if you wanted a good Shimano reel, even five, ten years ago, you were paying $300. Yeah, it's, now they've, they've got it across the, you know, across the whole board as far as the cost. I mean, anywhere from 100 to 400 in my eyes, you're going to get an absolutely great, great product. Just depends on how that's much right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, mine too. Depends on how much your pocketbook wants to spend. I mean, I sometimes I get like at Christmas and stuff like that. I get a little greedy and I want to buy the most expensive one. But <laughs> I would say tax refunds, but I don't really ever seem to get a refund on taxes. I always owe taxes. <laughs> Isn't that this, is great time, this is a great time if you get a tax refund to go spend some money. But if you're like me, I just have to pay more money. <laughs> so. <laughs> so you said it was the Shimano SLX? That... Yes, SLX. It's, to me, one of the, probably the best reels on the market as of right now. So can I ask, do you have any of them on your boat? I have five right now in the boat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that works for me. That's a pretty good, uh, that's a pretty good indicator that you do like them. Yeah, uh, no, they, they're, they're pretty legit. So... I've I've been thinking about something and I want to I want to ask you a question and it's technique based. It's something you don't see like 
a lot of us watch like you know the all the live coverage of the different um tournaments and stuff from you know all the different tournaments tournament um series but yep. there's there's a couple techniques that you never really see um do you guys still like carolina rig and texas rig worms and do you guys ever really use a buzz bait anymore yes yes and yes um pretty much at this level you have to be able to do everything um and a buzz bait in the or you know anytime when they get around spawn post spawn summer fall they eat a buzz bait i always have one tied on uh pretty much always and a carolina rig i mean that's a huge player Texas rigs a huge player all the time. I don't think there's ever been a tournament where I don't have one of each tied on. Okay, so- I gotta I gotta tell you with the buzz bait, uh, buzz baits. Uh, the, my thing is they're not just for breakfast anymore because everybody used to use them in the fall, in the morning and the evening. I use them things every all day long and catch fish. It's really yeah. it's yeah. really really. It really kicks my butt. Me and Rich have went out fishing. I can't tell you how many times together. And, you know, brothers, we have a little bit of sibling, um, sibling rivalry. You know, I'm going to outdo you regardless of where you're at and how you're fishing and everything. And I'll be ahead. And it'll be 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And he'll pull out a buzz bait and just start whacking them. I'm like, <laughs> you ain't supposed to use those at this time of the day. You know they don't work. And he makes them work every time. But They're not just for breakfast anymore. It's it's really cool to hear that because if you if you think about I I know Rich I know you've watched some of the live coverage too, and I I cannot tell you the last time I saw anybody on one of those coverages use any of those three things those techniques, and it's really sad because it's like it makes us makes us you know aspiring anglers and young anglers or well I'm not young anymore. I like to think I am, but us guys that aren't at that pro level think, well, should we be using these? They work, but the pros don't use them. Yeah, no, you definitely, there's things that we might not do that still, still work a lot. Like it's, you don't hear about like pop bars catching them much anymore, but they, they catch tons and tons and tons of fish. So just because you don't see your favorite pro angler doing it doesn't mean it's not going to work. I gotcha. Um, okay, so I have another lure that I have recently fallen in love with that I want to ask you your thoughts on. The Whopper Plopper. I used to hate it. I, I thought it was stupid. Um, <laughs> until you start throwing it, and when you start throwing it, they start biting it. Now I love the thing. Right? That's it. I, bought, I went out and bought three of them last year, and I'm like, I'd tie them on, and I was told, use them when you would use a buzz bait. I was like, all right, I'm going to tie them on. And I had I had no confidence at this bait that those things were going to work at all. And I'd throw them for five minutes and be like, okay, I'm done. See, I knew they didn't work. Well, went out a couple weeks ago, man, and I was like, I'm going to give one of these a chance. And I started throwing a whopper plopper, man, and I had to just slam them within, like, the first, like, two minutes. I'm like, yep, I love these. These are great. Yeah. No, that you definitely definitely don't turn your back on the old whopper plopper. Okay, so do you have? I know they make three different sizes. It's like the ninety, the one ten, and something else, or something like that. Um, do you have a size that you like? Um, 
I've thrown them all from the very, very small one. I think they came out like a 65 last year, uh, all the way to like, a, it's like a 190, humongous. And I've literally caught fish on all of them. So, I mean, if it was to me, I really can't really say one's better than the other. Smaller's going to get more bites, bigger one's going to get bigger bites, but they all catch fish. Well, that's good to know. So, Rich, do you have any questions? Not really. Um, have, have you ever used the culprit worm? <laughs> How did I know that was going to come up? <laughs> so, so, Alex, let me tell you. Um, the culprit red shad worm in my brother's eyes, and I'm not going to lie, mine too, is pretty much the best worm you can throw. We love those things. We never miss on those things, except me, since I moved to um, Alabama. Since I moved to Alabama, um, I think I just need to change a color, and then I'll start catching them again. That's my philosophy. Um, so, have you ever used the red culprit or the um, culprit worms? Just curious. Um, I have not, so I am no help on this one. See, okay. not everybody uses them, Rich. More people Try should. It. Try it. <laughs> try not, it. Not going to lie, Alex, you might want to try them. They're pretty awesome. Not yeah, sponsored I'll by them at all, but just throwing that out there. We love those guys. I'll definitely give it. I'll, I'll try it one time this summer. Hey, that sounds good, we, man. Uh, I started using them probably about eight years ago, and uh, Dad and Curtis, neither one would throw it. They refused. They refused. They refused. And I just kept catching fish, and they weren't catching anything. Finally, Dad, he gave in, and he started using them. He started catching more. Curtis finally gave in. <laughs> no, Dad it, gave in. Know. Hold on. We got to get this right. Dad gave in because I gave in first and gave Dad a bag of culprit worms. I bought extra oh, well, bag. True. Yeah, I gave Dad an extra bag. I bought a Dad a bag of them and told him, just throw them. So, all right. So, Alex, can you tell us where our listeners can find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Alex Davis Fishing, Facebook, Alex Davis Fishing. Uh, I got a website, alexdavisfishing.com or spinnerbaitkid.com. You can find me all those places. Uh, like my stuff. Go check it out. I appreciate y'all having me on here. Hey, no problem. We're so thankful. I got one last question. Okay. Um, so your guide service, how long have you been a guide? 12 years. 12 years. When are we going fishing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> everything has its price. <laughs> uh, no, I can't, um, I, I, I can't wait to, um, get this all edited up and send it out for everybody to hear. Um, but thank you so much for your time. I don't want to keep you. I know you're a busy man and everything. But thank you so much, Alex, for no problem, being on. Rich and I thank you. And I like to go out. Um, yes. I like to go out with a reminder to everybody that, guys, keep the wildlife and the nature that's out there. Keep it looking better than the way it was when you got there. I hear you. So another thanks to Alex and all of you guys out there listening. I'm Curtis and my co-host. Rich Clark. We are happy to have you, and we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.
Hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Rich and I want to thank Alex again and remind everyone to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and CastBox. Thanks for listening, guys. See you in the next show.